Hello and welcome to the Tendril Homemaker Podcast. This is your host, Unami. Thank you for tuning in on this Wise Wednesday. The day today is December 2nd, 2020. We're about 28, 29 days until um, the new year, uh, which a lot of people are probably looking forward to. But it is also a time for us to just step back and look back at how God has been kind and merciful and the peace and the joy that we have found in him, regardless of what has happened um, in our lives, in our family and everything. So I just wanted to say welcome to the episode and we continue on on this part three of the Women of Titus series. And if you listened in last week, we were talking about who the older women are, what are the qualities and characteristics that we look for when we are identifying the older Titus women within the the church that will provide this mentorship for, for young women. And so I just wanted you to, you can go back and listen to our episode. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, Google Podcast, Radio Republic, and a few other outlets. So as well as Anchor, which is where we host the podcast. So you may want to um, follow the podcast there and like and subscribe. We are live every other Wednesday. But every other Monday, um, if you go onto our website, www.tendrilhomemaker.club, you will find an article which is sort of brings a summary of the topic to be discussed on Wednesday. So you can go ahead and do that. And, you know, without wasting any more time, because I only have half an hour to go through the today's part, I'll just say that, you know, as we've learned from the previous episode, that the older women of Titus are teachers of good things. And uh, the word of God commands these women, these age women, to teach young women um, virtues that they are to live by. And from the text in the book of Titus, there are about eight that this the the word of God talks about that they should be taught uh, to these young women, and you know it. it <laughs> we sort of have to say that th- this becomes this disciple discipleship relationship becomes a two way street between the older women and the younger women so it is very important that we first establish um, that relationship meaning that we have to open the communication lines from both ends in order to start this discipling between the older woman and the younger woman and for the older women, for the most part, the, the thing that we as young women, I'll speak for myself, is is that, you know, I'm, we're sort of looking for women to be able to make themselves available, either voluntarily make yourself available and say, I am willing to to do this, 
or if I approach you as an older woman, um, be open to hear me out and, you know, to go through prayer and to start this, this mentorship as um, the word of God has commanded. So there must be that openness um, between both women that they are both going to learn and to be taught. There's so much that the, the older women can learn and see from the younger women in terms of, you know, we're from different generations. So perhaps the things that you were dealing with in your generation have presented themselves in a, in a different light. <laughs> and so it helps to sort of understand um, where the other woman is and also for us as younger women to understand where these um older women are and where they have been and and how the you know things have changed um in a in a in a in in so many ways and so there should be that harmony um in terms of establishing that relationship so the first thing that the older women are to teach to model to mentor is to be sober so to be sober is a good thing, young women listening. And, you know, and when I think about sobriety, the, the, the first thing that came into mind was that verse in First Peter 3, 4, that just calls women, it, it calls all women to adorn a meek and a quiet spirit as pleasing before the Lord. And you know that as as a wife, as a mother, there are going to be so many <laughs> situations. I would say in general as a woman, um, even if you are not yet a mother or a wife, there are just going to be so many situations in your day-to-day -day that are going to require a lot of wisdom and a lot of calmness. And for me, it, it is an issue of you, you need to think before you act or think before you speak. Because sometimes in the heat of the moment when you're, you are so overwhelmed with whatever emotions are going through, um, through you, you can say out things. Even if it, it, it is how you are feeling, it is what is inside of you and it is true, the how you say it um, is going to be what matters. And, you know, <laughs> there's this whole um keep calm and do this so this is where you really need to to keep calm um and and address those those different um situations and circumstances as they they come about uh be it when you are raising toddlers and as they grow from being toddlers to you know to older children <laughs> to teenagers, to young adults, to adults. It's, it's, there's always something happening with all these different um, phrases as our children um, grow that we need to, to really embrace sobriety and to learn that uh, the wisdom is found in obedience to the Lord. Um, and it is very important that young women should learn that there is delight in following God's design for your life. That's why you ought to be praying and asking God, where is he leading you and what has he called you to? And for the most part, we will find all these answers when we really 
make time to study his word and to pray and to just invite the Holy Spirit to come into to our lives to help us in this understanding and gaining wisdom from what we are reading from the holy scriptures and so being sober is and becomes an important virtue to to learn to have because it is going to be essential as you are nurturing and building your closest relationships which will be you being a wife and being a, a mother to your child or to your children and then the second thing um, that the young women are to be taught is to love your husband. <laughs> and I think for the most part, when we think about loving your husband, you pretty much think, oh, but I, I think I got this. I, I love my husband. I, I do not need to be taught how to love my husband. Yeah, I, of course, it, 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 you we cannot really teach you how to love your husband in that sense of, you know, the romantic feelings you have towards him or the attraction you have towards him. But it is very important to know that the society which we are being raised and socialized associates love, you know, with those feelings of romance and whimsical and and all of those things that we hear about in the songs, in the movies, and everywhere else. But the love that that um, scripture talks about is the, the love that describes a solid commitment. So you, you learn how, how to love. And when we look to scripture, the, the scripture that really always comes to my mind when it talks about love is the one that, for me, defines what love is um, in First Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. And love has to be taught. And it cannot just be taught. You have to receive it, right? Because this is something which is not a default because of our sinful, sinful nature. And so one of the things that I have, you know, learned over time is that loving your husband... Um, can mean that you have to respect his headship, that he is um, the head of, of your your home. Um, he is the, the one that is the, the authority of your home. He has this role that God has curved for him to do, which is very different from what you as um, a young wife will 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 have and a, a lot of young women struggle with this issue of of headship um you know because of all these things that are happening in the secular arena we've all gotten this formal education and you know you're living in a very a world that tells you that you know women can be as men are but when it comes to the principles of of marriage everyone has that role the husband has his role and his role is to be the head of the house, of your household. Um, and so loving your husband means affording him that respect with regards to, to his headship. And another thing is that we also need to learn to understand like that this man that you have married is 
a sinner just like you. And so when we look into the the description of love, it it tells us um, that love is is kind, it's patient, it's not envious. And the most important thing that this love never fails. And so what this calls us to be is is to be kind to your husband, is to be patient um, with him, with the the struggles and the imperfections that he has. It also means that you also be content in your role as a wife. You need not compete um, for the headship of your your household with your husband. Um, and it means being able to give selflessly because love doesn't envy. It, it, it gives all that it has without expecting anything back. And this love also expresses itself in, in honesty. So you have to be able to establish this relationship with, with your husband um, that is based on these on these principles. And when we read through the text, we also get to understand that if we do all these things, whether it be you know you're giving your 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 time to the poor, your resources to the poor, you are you are preaching. If you are many, you are preaching the word of God, and you know you are doing all these things. If you are doing all these things without love, it 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 counts for nothing. So love, it becomes the glue that holds all these things together. Everything must be done in love because when it's absent, it, it that whatever it is does not have any value. So this becomes an important aspect of your ministry as a wife in your home to be able to, to love your husband in, in that way. I mean, there are several um, verses that we can talk about, and I, I'm hoping that I can talk more about Ephesians five um, on the next, on the final episode. Actually, when I talk about being obedient to your own husband, <laughs> which I hope was going to be um, a very interesting um, discussion there, and um, there's a lot of, of of work, of course, that is going to be required in in maintaining this biblical marriage. And there are many women, even within scripture, that have lived that we can learn from, uh, starting, of course, with the Proverbs 31 wife, the, the excellent, virtuous wife. They, there are so many things we can learn about her concerning um, how we can demonstrate our love to, to our husband. But one of the, the Old Testament women that I really like was Rebecca and you know her whole journey on how she came to be Isaac's bride was one that it's you know I don't know (laughs) it's just one of those texts that I you know have just brought so much joy into my heart when I I read that this woman didn't even know who she was going to marry, yet she left all that she knew behind. You know, she left her mother, her brother, everybody behind and just journeyed on to become the wife of a man that she didn't know. You know, there's just something so right about Rebecca's attitude towards 
marriage and towards the her role as a wife in terms of how she submitted to to this man even before she knew him and she left everything behind to go on into this marriage willingly and it it can translate to a lot of things um today which uh, <laughs> you know people might not even agree with me on on this and and it's fine and for me as i look at it it's like when you decide that you will take your husband's name when you get married for me that that when i read through rebecca's um story that is what one of the things that came out to say when you leave your household to join in your your husband one of the the ways that you honor him is to take his name you know and you know a lot of people do not agree with that even within the 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 church body but i i for one uh, am convicted that that is just how um it ought to be and then the the third thing that the <laughs> these women are to to teach is to teach young women to love their children and um oh wow i <laughs> this is one for me that was it was a very bold and very powerful thing for the lord to to write because he knows how we are and who we are and that we will need this these things as we are raising our children in this time when we pass on and our children have their own children and they have their children and so on for for the many generation until the lord's um second coming and you know this past week i i i just came across this article i think i was cleaning up my um my email box my inbox and i I just happened to open this article which was written by the I think the Atlantic that talked about down syndrome and how um people in Denmark you know I, I didn't even know that women had that option to decide that if they do this prenatal testing and they find that that child has will have down syndrome that they can terminate the the pregnancy and so i read through it as a very long article i think it's called the last people of down syndrome or something like that very long article and and then went out to find out what this whole prenatal testing is about i don't know if i did it i think i may have maybe i don't know i i just don't remember um because i don't remember my obgyn coming back with with anything to to discuss with me with that i don't know i don't recall doing any tests of of that nature um but anyway so you know after i read that that article i was just wow it, it, i it was it was difficult i think to to take into imagine that there are women and men who <clears throat> may decide that they will not have a baby just simply because that baby has a condition or if a child carries some kind of a genetic um disease that they would decide to end that that pregnancy 
because they know that information. And one of the 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 scriptures that really one of my favorites <laughs> has to be Psalm 139. You know, and David is having this conversation with God and 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 it it is just so powerful and I would just invite you to go and read Psalm 139 um all of it, you know, to get the understanding and the context, but I wanted to start off from um, verses 13 to 16. And it says that for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful or other texts say wondrous are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed and the king james version says unperfect substance in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them and that just i i read that so many times because it just goes on to tell us that the Lord is the one who knows how long you are going to be here. And you may be listening to this and you may have, you don't have children yet, or you lost a child, or you you had a miscarriage, or you had a stillborn, or your baby just lived for a day. You know, it, it is very important to know that God knew all those days. And he's the one who has formed each and every one of your children. All of their parts, all of them. He has formed them and has put the child in your womb as a mother. And for that, David says, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. We cannot comprehend it. We cannot know it. We, we just can't comprehend the masterpiece that God produces when a child is born regardless of what that child will look like in God's eyes he is good and he is good enough to be loved by you and I know that we live in a society that has given women all these hopes that they can choose and be their own God and decide if they want to have children or not but the scripture just goes to say, wait, only God can do this miracles. And he is the one who can give it. And, and this is a, a, a few verses that really, if you have children who are expecting a baby, or you are praying for a child, these are the verses that you pray about and you teach your children about. Because we learn that as parents, as mothers, it is our role to teach our children who God is. Because when you look into Deuteronomy chapter 6, we've been reading um, the book of Deuteronomy as a family for, for the past few weeks. And when you look into verses 4 to 8, the text reads and says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words, these words, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. I command you today, 
shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign in your hand and you shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and in your gates. This just goes to tell us how important it is that as parents, as mothers, it is your responsibility to teach your child your faith. It is the responsibility for you to teach your children who God is. And verses 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. You cannot leave that to chance. You cannot depend on a Sunday school teacher as much as we love them and I am one of them. We cannot leave it to chance. You have to lay the foundation in your home about who the Lord is and what his word says. And as this as this, this passage goes and says, you shall teach them diligently as you walk, as you talk, as you walk by, as you loud and as you wake up. It means every opportunity that you get, you should make the time to teach your children who God is. Because in as much as we can investigate and invest in wanting to send our children to the best schools, to to get them in, in this soccer team and, and so on and so forth, it all comes to nothing if they do not know who God is and if they do, not, they do not have God's salvation. So you have to teach them who the Lord is and they need to understand that the Lord is supreme. They have to love him more than anything and everything in this entire world. So it, loving your children means making that time to teach them who God is and understanding that these children belong to, to the Lord and you are just the steward. Because there will come a time when you would have to let these children grow up and leave your household, right? Because the Bible tells us that these children are like arrows and you cannot keep your arrows in your house. They have to go. They have to go out, right? And these children is what God seeks through a marriage. And then lastly, um, you know, <laughs> I think I was just... I can keep going and going. Um, and lastly, the, the fourth thing is that these older women are also teaching the young women to be chaste. And this chastity is talking about purity. There has to be purity as you as you live your whole life. That this purity is not only about preserving our biblical sexuality, but it's about the purity of our thoughts, our desires, our speech, how we dress and what we see, our conversations. And these are so many things that these older women can teach us as young women. And it is very important, of course, that we exercise fidelity and ensure that our marriage bed remains undefiled because marriage is that important to God. And so... It is very important that we we listen in. My apologies um, about that last bit. I got a bit um, distracted. You know, it, it, these are some of the things that happen when you record podcasts. Um, I was I had a pickup 
And I just <laughs> watched the person who was supposed to pick up a package just drive away. <laughs> and so I, I was, yeah. Yeah, anyway, it, it, it's fine. It's, <sighs> I'll just have to reschedule. Um, but anyway, I just was talking about being chased. And that there's a lot that these older women can can teach us about biblical womanhood and how to to be pure and how to preserve our purity because you know what are we watching what are we listening to what is in our conversations counts into us being chased and so it is important um to have these relationships with these older women so that they can guide they can model because remember these women aren't slanderous right so they're not the gossip mongers of this of this world this generation and so they have an example that they can showcase and and show us and so those are just the 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 the, the first bit of what i had to say uh, with regards to the first four uh, of these virtues that were discussed in the book of titus and like i always say everything you know points back back to Christ to say we may have lived in the world where we were given a lot of philosophies and ideologies or we were found, we found ourselves also in churches where these things are not being taught and I just wanted to encourage you um, women listening to say that there is hope when we come to Christ when we go on our knees and, and confess our sins to him, he is just to to forgive us. You know, this is not something that you look in and 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 you 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 think you ought to to make it a tick box, but it is relying on 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 Jesus to help you to be the the wife that you are to be, the the mother that you are to be, and the woman that you are to be if you are gifted with singleness. And so I hope that this podcast was encouraging. And I, as I always say, continue abiding in Jesus Christ. And I hope, God willing, that I will be able to, to complete this series um, in the next other Wednesday. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, your morning, your evening, wherever you may be listening from. Thank you for supporting this podcast by liking and subscribing. Please do leave us um, a review on these platforms where you are listening um, from. But also, you know, I just wanted to say that the, the last thing is, it, as I was thinking about it this week, to say, you know, when you start something, <laughs> a podcast or or something like this then you have a few listeners in and people listening every week you know and they will listen until you say something that they may not agree with and i think maybe with this episode this is where it will start for me <laughs> but you know it's okay i i count it all joy um and my hope is that this podcast does reach many women but if it is meant to reach that just one or two, we will always praise and glorify God's name for that. So thank you very much for listening and let's tune in soon.